1: Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast.
2: is in here. Beautiful goal, Walcott! What a goal! flicked in by Alexis Sanchez. A quality goal from the Gunners.
3: Hello, and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the twentieth of March. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, we talk to Wales midfielder Aaron Ramsey about his 2012 Team GB Olympic experience. We remember our former club captain in this week's history lesson, Adrian Clark, is back for another dose of the chalkboard. We kick off with a look back at the weekend's action with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Joining us now on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, I'm delighted to say it's the Times chief football reporter, Henry Winter. To discuss Henry, I guess uh, a pretty devastating defeat for Arsenal at the Hawthorns, and just wondering from here what the team can do to try and halt this uh, rather alarming form.
4: Well, that's right. I mean, if you look at the positives, the uh, the, the the support, the vocal support from the uh, the, the fans. I mean, you know, as a neutral who travels all over covering teams, Arsenal fans, you know, they, they trek up and down the motorway, they turn up in their numbers, they 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 back the team uh, uh, implicitly, unconditionally, and I think that 's important, so that 's a positive the fact that they 're still showing up, um, obviously there were issues at uh, marking, but you know other teams have gone to uh, West Brom and had problems there I mean a slight surprise when you look at the type of marking that there 's been at Arsenal down the years, and you know i 'm old enough to go back to the sort of the Frank McClintock era and the the defense they had there people who take you know charge and responsibility and maybe there's just a little bit of lack of confidence as well as organisation and defence at the moment um and maybe you've pet a pet of check and they are sort of they just work sort of more strongly together and they build that partnership then you can combat the um the, you know the uh, the threat of a team like uh, West Brom because you know what West Brom are going to do in terms of you know the runs that McCall is going to make and, and Dawson as well. So it's a question of just being so sort of a bit stronger and firmer against that threat. I think when Giroud plays, I think obviously he gives you that aerial threat in the opposition box as well as being able to. Uh, take the ball to his feet but also he gives you a defensive presence as well at, at corners so I think maybe if he'd come on a bit early and provided a bit more uh, uh, resilience in defence Arsenal could have done with that
3: yeah, and of course he scored that iconic goal against the Baggies on Boxing Day with a typical header when the, the mood in the club was very different and there was a real feeling of momentum um, Henry you mentioned Peter Cech briefly there he, Alexis, Mesut Ozil, there are some injury concerns we don't know full details international break to come but maybe therefore coming at a good time
4: well, absolutely. You, you know, the international break does come at a, a, a good time. and uh, Although Touchwood, uh, none of the players returned from uh, international injured. I mean, it's, a, it's such a frustrating thing. You know, as, as, as a journalist, you go away and you, you, you cover the teams and international teams, and there's a, it's a change of gear. and it's, you know, there's, a, there's a certain sort of excitement and a buzz around it, certainly. Change. But for a manager waiting at home, like sort of Arsenal, Wenger, or any club manager, they must be hiding behind their sofa at times or turning their phone off, just dreading or the you know, the injuries that, uh, that 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 can happen to 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 their players on international duty. So uh, that's frustrating. But then the players that he's got, he wants they can either uh, you know get their fitness back, get their sharpness back, and they need that with uh, with Urzel. I don't know whether Urzel is going to report for duty. I think I mean Arsenal have got a very good medical department, and they need to liaise with the German medical department about that. And I think if there's any hint of that, particularly if the first game's are friendly against England. Um, In Dortmund, I'm heading off to that one. You know, I think they should should rest them. You have to be fair to players at this stage of the season, particularly players who play in the Premier League, because we don't have a winter break. So Ozil will be going back and and competing in training with players who have had a winter break. Um, And, um, you know, that's an issue. But that's something the manager has has quite rightly been talking about for the last sort of 15, 20 years. And I know he and Sven-Jürgen Eriksson had a meeting in the Landmark Hotel and they got... Ferguson and all the other managers at the time to agree to, to to a winter break but unfortunately the clubs themselves wouldn't go through with it so uh, I've certainly got sympathy with, with, with Wenger on the lack of a winter break and the pressures that it puts on players at this stage of the season in England.
3: Henry let's just briefly hear from one of the players who will as you say be hoping to really make a sustained impact in the coming weeks and make the most of their opportunities that's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who spoke to us on the back of that 3-1 defeat to West Brom at the Hawthorns. Alex, commiserations, a tough afternoon in the end. For all your possession, how frustrating to come away with nothing.
5: Uh, yeah, very, we are very disappointed. Um, obviously, first half, I uh, thought we were very comfortable for us and we just needed to be careful of them on the counter-attack and, and obviously the set plays. Um, obviously, they scored uh, from the set play, but we, we responded quite quickly and then for the rest of the half, I think we controlled it and uh, it sort of felt like it was a matter of time before we broke them down. Um, and then I think second half, they came out with a different attitude and uh, they, pressed us. they pressed us higher and made it a lot harder for us. And then, obviously, the second goal was disappointing and I can't really remember what happened, but it was a bit scrappy. Um, and then again, we've let ourselves down on the set piece uh, and you know, West Brom made it really tough and defended really well from then on out. And ultimately, it's a, it's a really disappointing day for us. As you've implied, the set pieces today were key. What should you have done better as a team? Headed the ball away. <laughs> you know, when you want to defend set plays, you've got to be first on the ball. And uh, obviously for the two goals, we didn't do that. Um, we knew where their danger men were and we, we failed to stop them, uh, which is really disappointing. Um, I guess obviously we'll, we'll look at that and and we'll have to review what went wrong. I can't obviously remember too well, but uh, Dawson's got the run and uh, he's attacked the ball really well for both the goals and, and he's finished them off, which... Uh, it's really disappointing because we knew we had to be careful of him, um, and you know set set play is a massive part of the game. And Tony Pudis' sides do it better than anyone, and you know we knew that, and we, we failed to deal with it today. In terms of what you're trying to achieve in the league, which is top four, how big a setback is this result? Do you feel uh, it's it's not what we needed. Definitely, um, we we knew we needed three points, and. Uh, we need as many three points as we can get, and especially in, in these games. So we're bitterly disappointed. And, you know, like I'm saying, we're sorry to the fans because that's not acceptable for Arsenal Football Club to, to lose the way we did today. Um, and we've just got to try and just get over this now and, and focus. And we've got to keep fighting because it's not been pretty for us recently. And, and I'm sure it's not going to get any easier anytime soon. So we've just got to try and fight our way out of this.
3: So the Ox speaking as positively as he can there, Henry, given the situation. And I guess one of the big questions now is is this fight for top four and the fight to maybe at least win a third FA Cup in four years?
4: Well, you know, they're obviously at, uh, at Wembley in, the, in the, the Cup. And if they do get to the Cup final and if they do win the Cup and they finish fourth, in a way, some people might say that's almost a sort of typical Arsenal uh, season. But just on the Ox... You know, huge credit to him for for coming out and and talking. You know, in a difficult time for the club and and for the team and for the manager. I was admire players and as a journalist, you always remember which players actually will come out and 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 stand up for the team and will talk to us. Absolutely. Um, so fair play to him. And actually, I've been quite impressed with uh, with the Ox when he's played. Uh, in central uh, midfield, I, I like him there. I mean, I remember it was, it was at a great Milan game, about sort of three, four, maybe even be longer than that yeah, years ago. When I thought he was terrific in, in central midfield. Then we had one game against one of Guardiola's teams against Barcelona. And Guardiola always, I think, after the match, he spoke very highly of Oxley Chamberlain. Obviously, I've seen him with England, the goal in in uh, in Maracanã. There's a terrific player there, and at times like this. When a club is, you know, is under a lot of criticism and and, and rightly so, um, you need individuals to, to stand up and be counted. And Oxlade-Chamberlain by coming out and talking, um, but also the key thing he's got to do uh, more and more, which which he seems to have the appetite to do this season, is to take responsibility on the pitch because there is a fantastic player in there. There is a player there who should be starting weekend week out for his club and for his country because he has the ability he's 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 got the pace he's got the athleticism he's got the balance you know he's he's got the technical skills he's he's also a lovely guy I mean some people might say he's actually too nice and has he got that edge but I think he's actually shown that a little bit more this season that he has got that sort of competitive edge and and Arsenal really need that they need they need fighters
3: of course as we know the boss Arsene Wenger has now clarified after that West Brom game that he's made a decision on his future and it will be clarified soon so at least uncertainty around the club and uncertainty surrounding the players and the future will be decided one way or the other
4: yeah I think the the history of football in in these situations shows that it's better to clarify earlier um so that everyone can um, everyone knows where they stand and you know, if, if he, I mean, It looks like he's staying, but if he's, if he's going, then I think if he does announce that now, then I don't think it'll be like when Ferguson announced he was going and Manchester United's season's trailed off. I think if, if the manager, Arsene Wenger, um, announced that he was going, then I just think the, the atmosphere would change, everyone would back him, and it would almost be, I don't know if celebration's a quite word, right word, but a, just a sort of marking of this extraordinary career and the impact he's had on Arsenal Football Club greatest manager in their history, no shadow of doubt. You know, you can go back to Chapman, you can go back to to, to to George Graham, all the great managers. Arsene Wenger is the one who who fully deserves the uh, the, the statue. I and mean, I, I was lucky to be there when when he arrived, and David Dean invited about ten of us into the boardroom at Highbury and sat us down and said, "Listen, there've been a few doubts about you know, you like the English media don't know who this man is." And I just sit sit down, and in classic Arsenal style, it was you know very nice tea and. Sat around and Venga sat at the, the the head of that the, the famous boardroom table and the chair with the, uh, the the five legs and he he spoke and and it was just silent and we were all we obviously we knew about him through his you know through Japan and through France but actually listening to him and you realised we all I remember walking out the room thinking and talking to the other journalists this is a visionary and you know the impact that he had with with the double season the impact on and off the pitch as well how he extended the the, the careers of tony adams and you know the, the, the defenders and mm. then the invincibles and all that what he has done so i think if he announced that could all be celebrated what a fantastic career and it might sort of galvanize the team i think if he announced that uh, even if he announced that he's staying at least everyone knows where he stands so you know you don't have to have any more playing protests. The, uh, the, the, the fans know exactly the situation and then they can, I imagine the majority of them would say, right, he is staying for another two years. This is our club. We love this club through hell and high water. Let's just back the club. It's the uncertainty, which fans don't like. And after all, I'm a journalist who just goes there on match day. Wenger is a great manager, but he will come and go. The owners will come and go. It's the fans. It belongs to them. It's, belong to them for the last 130, 140 years. So they're the ones who are owed the, uh, the explanation. So I, I hope Fenger does come um, with the board and, and make his announcement, but I would be surprised if he's leaving.
3: And it's fascinating stuff, and thanks so much for your insight on that and everything else that's surrounding the club at the moment. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. My pleasure. Now, back to form and fitness after a few niggles. It's brilliant to see Arsenal's Aaron Ramsey a key part of the Gunners' midfield again. The Welsh International has been talking to Arsenal.com about representing Team GB at the 2012 Olympic Games.
1: Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Um, we're on international break this week, so we're going to talk about an experience you had five years ago at the Olympics. Um, first things first, do you remember how the call-up went? Do you remember when you got the call?
6: Yeah, I think um, uh, Stuart Pearce, you know, uh, made the call, but, yeah, I was excited I wanted to to experience that, and um, I'm glad that it happened. And um, yeah, it, it ended disappointingly for us, but uh, no, it was a great great experience to uh, um, to be there.
1: Did you get a sense of history, like, like you were making history, the first great rich team to take part in a while?
6: Yeah, there was a an element to that as well. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to go there um, and experience that sort of you know tournament format uh, format and uh with Wales I hadn't experienced that previously um and yeah if anything I think that helped me um you know and helped me for for the euros as well and did you ever was did you ever kind of consider not going was there ever a,
1: a was there a question mark that you might not take part
6: um no when I got the the, the phone call you know I was excited to be there and, and wanted to take part and and be involved in it. So no, it was never never an issue um about me taking part. It was more an issue if it was gonna if it was ever gonna take place, but thankfully it did.
1: And um, when the squad first got together, obviously players have never played together, what was that kind of first couple of training sessions like?
6: Yeah, it was a bit um it was a bit weird, but uh no, it it was a good group of lads and um, quickly settled together and um and yeah so it was it was a good group um which got along pretty pretty easily so um that made it a lot more more easier yeah
1: um you said you stayed in the olympic village a couple of times what was that experience like
6: yeah it was uh we stayed i think one or two nights but um we're in hotels for the rest of the time but yeah it was uh it was an amazing experience you know everybody eats in this massive canteen together and You know, you talk to the different athletes there, and um, and just ask them about how they sort of, um, you know, how they they're planning to go and uh, compete at their at their event. And yeah, it was um, it was nice to see, you know, that that um, they were all together behind each other and um, supporting each other to try and get the the medals tally up for for uh, for Great Britain.
1: And um, so other athletes that you met, other nations as well. Who who kind of stood out for you? Do you remember anyone in particular?
6: Um, no, not really. It was uh, um, you know we just sort of um, we were only there for a couple of days, so we only met a few few of these um, people competing in different events. But um, um, but yeah, it was just nice that everybody. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style
2: game without blowing your budget?
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb. dot com slash host.
6: Got along so so easily.
1: Um, the opening ceremony. Were you there for
6: that? Yeah. What was that? I mean, everyone saw it on TV. Was it? Yeah. It was. Uh, it was crazy. It was, it was just. It was packed. We were just walking, walking along behind all the the athletes there and. Um and yeah to to go in there and experience that was was amazing and you know I've got so many videos on my phone from here and uh, it'd just be something that will will be with me.
1: Cool. Um Ryan Gix played in the team as well. Um obviously that's something you probably never thought would happen in your career early on. Um, how was that playing inside him?
6: Yeah, of course he was um, you know, a national hero in Wales and um and a lot of, you know, young boys Growing up, wanted to be him um, or be like him. So, yeah, it was nice for me to to experience that. You know, I didn't get to do that with Wales, but it was nice for me to do that with Great Britain. And you know, it was. Uh, um, and he he uh, he made it easier to settle in as well uh, with his experience and his knowledge. So yeah, that was good. And also, Craig Bellamy.
1: Um, actually, uh, the next question was about Craig Bellamy as well. Um, I bet he's got you've got a few stories about him in the uh, being in and around uh, a squad with him.
6: Yeah, but I won't. I won't tell you any <laughs> of them. Um, no, Craig Bellamy has been brilliant to me. You know, he's uh, a friend and somebody that I respect so much, and who has done um, a lot in their career. And and yeah, so. I get on, I get on great with, with Craig, and you know, to have him there as well was was brilliant. You know, someone to go to, someone, um, just sort of showing the way. You know, he's so professional um, and dedicated. So it was nice for to have someone like him for for the rest of us younger boys to sort of look up to.
1: And the tournament itself, you got a goal. What what was that like? That like you can say now you've scored in a, at an Olympic game.
6: Yeah, that was that was really nice for me to to achieve that, um, and yeah, I'm just thankful that I had the opportunity to to play uh, in the in the tournament, and to to score a goal was was nice as well. And you can um, you can see how much. A, uh, with Brazil, I think, who won in the in the last Olympics, you know, how much it means for them to, to go there and compete and, and to try and win it. And it was no different for us, you know, we really wanted to go there and, and try and get a medal for the team.
1: Um, obviously, there wasn't a Great Britain team in the last Olympics. Do you think it's something they'll, they'll consider bringing back in future games?
6: I don't know. Um, maybe. Uh, I don't know what um, the issues are with it, but um, as players, yeah, I think we got along um pretty well and you know we were trying to achieve something as a team and um and try and help um great britain but uh yeah so it was uh it was a great experience and maybe one day i'll come back
1: and final one now so if you could just remember one moment from the games or like the the actual three weeks what would that be
6: the open ceremony was was one of the standouts for me um yeah, it was just amazing to experience that and to to be a part of that and um, and yeah, you've seen the scenes on on the TV that you know that were going on. It was just incredible. Aaron, thank you very much. Cheers, thank you.
3: And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, look, we go! It's up for grabs now. On the 26th of March 1982, Mikel Arteta was born in San Sebastián in Spain. Mikel made his name at Rangers and then at Everton before joining Arsenal in August 2011. Here's one of the midfielder's most memorable goals from the Gunners' 1-0 victory against Manchester City in the year 2012.
2: Well won, Arteta. Don't fancy a dip
3: here.
4: Yes! Arsenal have their breakthrough! Mikel Arteta! They deserve it, but it looked like it was never going to come. It could be priceless. Mikel Arteta saw it, closed it down, took it off him.
1: And that's a brilliant finish. Joe Hart's got no chance.
3: Mikel played 130 times for the club over a five-year period before retiring at the end of last season, where he signed off in style against Aston Villa.
4: Stepped on the ball, did Michael Richards. Here comes Alexis. Maybe he will get a goal after all. In it goes, Arteta scores! Well, it hit the bar and it struck Mark Bunn and has gone in. And what a way to sign off. Mikel Arteta, at the very least, it's an assist. And that is a special, special moment for him and for everybody inside the Emirates Stadium
3: today. Arteta finished with 16 goals for the club, winning two FA Cups, and is now part of Pep Guardiola's coaching setup at Manchester City. We'll have another history lesson next week, but now time for a bumper edition of the chalkboard with our own Adrian Clark. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. So Adrian Clark joins us at the Chalkboard. Clarky, good morning, mate, how are you?
7: I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, obviously, yeah,
3: disappointing weekend
7: for Arsenal, but uh, we move on, don't we? And I'm uh, I'm just about to flee the country for a week. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling OK.
3: Fleeing for any particular reason?
7: <laughs> just It's international break and I need a little bit of sun. So you're so, not on uh, the run. Yeah. You're not on
3: the run. It's just a holiday. Yes. <laughs> Fine. So, no game to preview this week. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a few kind of... More broader chalkboard questions. First of all, key one really: how can the team change their fortunes and results?
7: Oh goodness me! How long have we got? <laughs>
3: About five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, um,
7: look, it's, it's not an easy situation. Look, the team are in a bad run of form. It, it is as simple as that. The players haven't haven't become poor overnight, but but there is a, there's a clear dip. I always think when. You enter, or when you're in the midst of a, of a rotten run, you just have to go back to basics. I think that is the starting point, really. And that means working very hard on your team shape, on your discipline, on the defensive aspects of the game. And I think once you nail that, or once everybody's refocused on that side, and I'm primarily talking about what you do without the ball then I think it can give you a platform to go out and get results. Um, The talent is there. We know that, don't we? Especially in the forward areas. But to get back to winning ways, I just feel a little bit of a refocus on what we do defensively is probably in order. and, And from there, you can build.
3: And, you know, I had a little glimpse commentating for Arsenal.com last Monday night at Emirates Stadium with that thrilling come-from-behind-draw against Manchester City in Premier League 2. They're the form team. Arsenal just behind them in the form table. There is a lot coming through, isn't there, for sure?
7: Yeah, there are lots of young players at the club that are decent, that are just chomping at the bits to have a go and to be given the opportunity. It's very difficult for the manager to blood them at this stage of the season, I would say that, I think. It's the business end. Every point is so critical, isn't it? At the moment, that I always feel that pre-season is the time to really catch up. And think, I think Awobi's done that um, to some degree, and then he was given the chance last year in the in the cup competitions, and, and he took that.
3: Maitland Niles yeah, now in a similar kind of guys.
7: Yeah, I just I think at the moment that the youngsters in the in the reserves in the under 23s, they're they're playing almost to get on the pre-season tour. And then, if you can get on that tour, train with the team, um, play in the friendly games, then then you can you can stake a claim to be used moving forwards. But yeah, look, I think all the fans, uh, not just at Arsenal but at every club, they love to see young players being given yeah. an opportunity, and the Arsenal thing has always been one to do that. And uh, I mean, I'm sure you know whether he stay, you know, if he do, if he is to stay at the club, then I think he will he will give more youngsters a chance. But yeah, for now, I think the first team will stay you know, the group needs to stay together and basically they just need to work on they go go back to basics and go from there because um yeah you don't sort of come out of these dips informed by accident. You have to show fighting spirit and also a willingness to learn from your mistakes. And I'm sure during the international break the whoever's still here at London Colony will be doing that.
3: And obviously, some massive games to come. Manchester City in two different guises in this fight for top four for Arsenal in the Premier League, and then, of course, in the FA Cup semi-final as well. So, dealing with them is going to be a major focus, isn't it, for Wenger?
7: Well, yes. The the two games against Manchester City will define Arsenal's season. So, they are hugely important matches. I've got to say that we need to improve defensively to cope with Manchester City, because... Going forward, they're a force. They really are. And I know they could have scored several goals in the draw against Liverpool at the weekend. Um, I know they went out of the Champions League, but I look at Aguero, he's back on song. I look at the two wingers, Sane and Sterling, both in really decent form. And you've got Kevin De Bruyne as well that can go into the wide area. He's got David Silva playing ever so well at the moment. So if you look at City's front five, they will cause Arsenal problems. So it is incredibly important that we don't play too gung-ho in the league game and in the cup semi-final because those guys will will hurt us. We've got to box clever in those fixtures. Um, At the other end of the pitch, I'd feel more confident.
3: If you were going to maybe, in your view, do a bit of squad tinkering and tweaking, young players aside, we've touched on that already for the the kind of medium-term future, but short-term given the injuries we talked about in the show already, potentially to one or two key stars, what what might you do?
7: Between now and the end of the season? Yeah. In terms of, yeah. Um, well, there's competition for places. Like, what I will say is that, based on current form, I don't think anybody's place should be guaranteed. Um, I think that, that the Mustafi-Kashelny partnership, I think, is, it hasn't been as secure in recent weeks. I, if I was in... Turner to sack shoes. Rob Holding potentially, I'd be thinking, well, maybe this is an opportunity for me to get a game. Um, I think that in central midfield, there's there's definitely places up for grabs. Um, It's all about the guys that are on the bench at the moment showing the manager that they're ready for a chance as well, isn't it? Um, And we don't know whether they're doing that. And, And then forward areas, look, Alexis, I think, has to play but Giroud, Walcott, Welbeck, Lucas Perez, I don't think any of them have, have, have pulled up trees of late. So so it's down to the manager. I, to be perfectly honest, if you're asking me for, for an honest appraisal, I wouldn't mind if the manager just shook it up a little bit um, for that Manchester City game, maybe took one or two players out, brought a couple in that, that haven't been playing as regularly, just purely because it will keep everybody on their toes. But of course... You don't want to weaken it too much. So, um, yeah, the manager's got some thinking to do, I think, over the international period. Because n- nobody, in my view, at the moment, is playing well enough to-, to have their place guaranteed.
3: So, Clarkie, in a sentence, please give us some cause of optimism for the remainder
5: of this
7: season. <laughs> well, look, we've got to be optimistic because the players are talented. They really are. They showed that. All you got to do, if you want to feel optimistic about the season, uh, about the rest of the season... Think about the way that we dispatched Chelsea earlier earlier on in the campaign. They have it there. It is all about
3: recapturing
7: that and bottling it up. And um, let's just hope that the team can collectively do that between now and the end of the season.
3: Clarky, thank you very much. And of course, as we historically do at this point of the chalkboard, we bring in the Arsenal weekly podcast editor, Liam Roberts, who is about to go off on his holidays as well. I'm the only one of the three of us who's not about to go away. I'm a bit jealous.
2: Yeah, someone's got to hold down the thought bar away uh, and you're us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, weekly prediction competition, big developments, I think.
2: Um, yeah, so last week I asked you like the percentage of shots on target that Arsenal would have against West Brom. Um, Russ, do you remember what you said?
3: I think I said 45%. I was going to go 40 and then I upped it at the last minute, which may have been an error.
2: Yeah, and ADUN? I think I went 40 is that right, yep. you didn't, you did indeed. Yep, um, unfortunately, it was a very bad day at the office, as you we know, for <laughs> Arsenal. Um, only two shots on target out of a possible 11, oh. that was eight, 18%. So it was, um, oh, yeah. yeah, way, way out, but um, every cloud for Adrian, you get the point.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, Clark, was less wrong, basically. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it was, he
2: was... There's no glory in this one, is there? I don't know. It's, it, there's always glory when you pull it back by one. So it's, um, yeah, 20 points to 19 now to Russ.
3: A scrappy goal, um, if ever, ever I heard one.
2: Yeah, it's, one of those, it's, it's an Adrian Clark special. Hits him on the backside, goes in. <laughs> he, t- he takes only one.
7: Exactly. Yeah, look, look, I needed it. That's, yeah, you just got to grind out these
2: points at this stage of the season. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's close now going into international breaks. So no prediction competition this week. But next week, I've probably come up with the... Um, the most complex one we've done this season so I'll tell you both off air what it's going to be because it's going to take a little bit of maths to give me an answer for next week
3: Ooh, okay forethought. Nice, we like it I shall be beavering away all week to try and re-extend that lead gentlemen thank you very much indeed and through gritted teeth he says both have lovely holidays in Dubai and centre parks respectively <laughs> lovely sir Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Aaron Ramsey, to Henry Winter, and of course to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review in the process. You can catch us on Acast these days as well, so you'll never have the excuse to miss another episode. We're back on Monday, the twenty-seventh of March, and until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gutters! The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.